Hello and welcome. This is the UC Santa Cruz News Roundup podcast, where we talk about the latest news and research from UC Santa Cruz. In this episode, we'll talk about a big mentoring award from the White House, Alumni Week, Elephant Seal GPS, and much more. I'm your co-host, Gwen Jordanay, and I'm an editor for UC Santa Cruz News. I'm your other co-host, I'm Dan White. I'm a writer for UC Santa Cruz News. And just a reminder that you can read more about these stories and find lots more at our website, news.ucsc.edu. All right, Dan, uh, let's dive in. You better. Let me, yeah, let me start off with some great news about one of our faculty members. You might have guessed uh, I mentioned something about the White House, So, and this is a story about that. Once again, astronomer Enrico Ramirez-Ruiz has been recognized with an award, and this one's a biggie. Okay, Gwen, what's he done now? <laughs> I know, he's always winning stuff. He's winning stuff every other second. Exactly. Um, he's been honored by the White House with a presidential award for excellence in science, mathematics, and engineering mentoring. Engineering mentoring. Okay, that makes so much sense, Gwen. That's what he's all about. I know. Yes. Um, you know, mentoring is one of his big things. Well, I mean, along with astronomy and astrophysics, no big deal, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The mentorship's so important to him. It's most of what he talks about when I call him up. Yeah, I know. It's a big deal, it's a big deal for him. It is. It really is. Um, it's one of his main focuses, I think. Um, so this award recognizes the critical role mentors play in encouraging the next generation of innovators and developing a science and engineering workforce that reflects the country's diverse talent. Ramirez Ruiz, who holds UCSC's Vera Rubin Presidential Chair for Diversity in, in Astronomy, has been building STEM training research programs at UC Santa Cruz for over 14 years. His mentees encompass more than 200 students, postdoctoral fellows, and junior faculty. In addition to his record of success as a research advisor, the mentoring program he created called Lamotte, which you've written about, Dan. Mm -hmm, that's right. Um, that means star in Mayan, Lamotte, uh, has been remarkably successful at increasing the number of historically marginalized students who earn PhDs in astrophysics. And listen to this amazing statistic. Ramirez Ruiz and the Lamotte program have together trained half of all historically marginalized students receiving astronomy PhDs in the United States in the past five years. No way, half of all of them? Yeah. I'm just crazy. hearing about this. That's, That's such wild. a crazy stat. I just- that is, that is wild. It's so incredibly successful. Um, and today, 30% of the UCSC Department of Astronomy and Astrophysics PhD students are from historically marginalized group, an exceptional figure for one of the top ranked astronomy programs in the country. So congrats yet again, Professor Ramirez-Ruiz, and um, we'll probably talk about you again next week. <laughs> we will, and it's good to hear some, you know, dare I say, positive news. Boy, yes, it's, it's, it's I know. Good. Yeah. It's, you distracted um, me for a couple seconds Exactly, there. yeah, so. so. We're doing that. <laughs> exactly, we need all the good news we can get right now. All of it. All of it. All right. Well, I guess this is a bit more, more good news. Um, April's coming up and you know what that means, right? Uh, tax day. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, that's not good news. <laughs> Just reminding you, Gwen, that's all. You, you didn't follow with the good news trajectory. I, I, um, yeah, I just was running against the grain there. Hey. Let's yeah, hear the good yeah, yeah. news. Let's hear it. Well, it's more happily what's coming up is alumni week. 
Oh, that's right. That's always in April, isn't it? <laughs> Much nicer than tax day. Yes. And let the, let alumni week be your first uh, you know, thought about uh, April rather than tax day. Um, yes. And it's going to be even more wonderful um, than usual because, or than it has been for the past couple of years, even though the past couple of years were still wonderful. Um, because this year we're inching back toward normalcy after two years of COVID pandemic distancing. Last year, um, the COVID-19 crisis forced Alumni Week into the virtual realm with attendance beaming in through their phone or computer screens. But this year's Alumni Week, which will be Tuesday, April 19 through April 24, is a welcome step back toward in-person gathering. The event will have a unique hybrid format combining virtual and in-person gatherings with activities ranging from, you know, things like a virtual elephant seal tour to an in-person wildflower walk in the campus reserve. There'll be a drone flying demonstration. And of course, Merrill Moat Day, an extravaganza, um, which is an, inter an interactive art project that goes back to the college's earliest times. So much going on this that week, and I'm looking forward to Banana yeah. Slug Trivia Night. Yes. And the, um, <laughs> also the panel of science communication program journalists who are documenting the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, yeah, that looks really good. Uh, and then there's going to be so many more other things like a climate change conference, community festival at the Seymour Center, student alumni soccer games, a homecoming for the classes of 2020 and 2021, and just tons of receptions, reunions, open houses, and more. And on top of that, there's gonna be um, an unusual assortment of 50th anniversary celebrations during alumni week, like for Crown College and um, Natural History Field Quarter. A full list of events is now available online and you can register at alumniweekend.ucsc.edu. Uh, the web address is still weekend, alumni weekend from the past when we mostly had the event on the weekend, but you can register events for events all during this year's alumni week on the website. Yes, never mind the weekend. We're dominating the whole week. <laughs> when I, I, for one, I can't wait. I'm excited yeah. about this. I know it's going to be so good and we'll see you there alums. See you there. And everyone else community invited to, um, we will see you there. We might cost you <laughs> looking for interviews. So oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. You I'm see, gonna, you know, if you see like random staff people running toward you, just, you know, be, be, be grab your valuable stories <laughs> while you're in the middle of eating. So it's like, <laughs> be ready. Can't avoid us. Yeah. All right, um, now to a story that shows um, certain marine mammals, elephant seals, have a way better sense of direction than, than I do. Um, Gwen, are we actually talking about elephant seals' sense of direction? Because I thought that they mostly just hung <laughs> out and flopped around, lay around on the beach doing nothing. So, right? Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'd see, or like fighting or whatever. Yeah, um, flopping their noses together. Why I would know. Be direction, that's, well, that's, that's odd. I know, it, it seems weird, but let me tell you, so far far from it, do far they lie around, around, just only okay. lie around the beach. Um, <laughs> each year, pregnant female elephant seals take an approximately 240 day trek over 10,000 kilometers across the Eastern North Pacific Ocean before returning to their breeding beaches to give birth within five days of their arrival. 
that is like a ton of travel. That's like most of the year. I know. And then you'd think they'd be, I mean, I don't want to get personal here, but you'd think that they'd be a lot thinner after all that, right? Dude. (laughs) (laughs) That is so sizist. I'm I'm so sorry to be sizist about that. They they must need, I guess they must need that bulk somehow. I mean, they're seals. They've got blubber. That's, you know, keeps them warm. A new study led by scientists at UC Santa Cruz finds that this impressive navigation ability depends on an internal map sense, which functions much like a built-in GPS. God, I wonder if I can get one of those. I would love it because I get lost just going to the mall. I I know. I went to a mall in LA and I couldn't find the way out ever. Yeah. I turn left every time I should turn right. And I'm just really, really, I just have no internal sense. Um, the researchers, researchers found that migrating elephant seals know how far they're traveling from their breeding beach thousands of kilometers away, according to Roxanne Beltran, assistant professor of ecology and evolutionary biology. They know, they also know approximately how long it will take them to get back, but well, they didn't wild. know. It's like Siri, like Siri telling you you're 45 minutes away from Scott's Valley. It's like, totally. It's exactly like that, but it's in their minds. In their they have mind. internal Siri. Yeah. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know if I'd like that with her talking at me all the time. That annoyed voice, like return to the route. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rebounding. Sharp tone to mess up. Um, so, so they didn't know how the seals managed to make it back to the beach just in time for breeding season. Their data revealed that seals decided to turn around based strongly on how far away they were from where they needed to go. Their decisions to turn around weren't related to their body condition, measured as amount of body fat. I won't say anything about that. Okay. Yes. That's a zip it. Yeah. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like they're well-programmed to turn around strategically based on where they are and in turn, how long it will take them to get back. The researchers don't yet know what century cues the elephant seals depend on to keep track of where they are and head in the right direction at the right time. But it's clear that they can adjust the timing of their travels based on an internal perception of time and space. The results help to better understand elephant seals with important implications for their conservation, the researchers say. In future studies, they hope to quantify exactly how precise the seal's navigation ability is and determine which cues are most important. So interesting research, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, when you were talking, I was just thinking about the idea of animal intelligence. And we always think that we human beings are the ultimate. We're the apex of, you know, the life on earth. But there are some innate intelligence to to animals that make ours look puny. Exactly. their ability, their natural ability to, to travel back to their, those beaches for me is astounding. It's incredible that that would be something that's innate and that's, or passed along between elephant seals. It's incredible. I I could never do that. And also the other thing that's amazing is how do we know all this? I mean, the amount of studies that we do, I guess, presumably with just the technology that maybe they put stuff on the seals or tag them. Yeah. Yeah, those kind of uh, dorky looking <laughs> cameras that they put on their heads. <laughs> I know. I think elephant seals guess. aren't weird looking enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it for me. What's on your news radar, Dan? Well, I wanted to thank all the generous people who came together and really helped UC Santa Cruz just smash fundraising 
records in its holiday food drive this winter because it really was, was so inspiring. UCSE has a longstanding partnership with a venerable uh, Second Harvest Food Bank, one of the preeminent and oldest food banks in the state. Yeah, uh, now I think I, I heard there was an unexpected twist in this year's fundraiser, a, a, some kind of dramatic change. Yep, Gwen, all the rumors are true, just like Lizzo says in that song. Um, <laughs> you're right, the fundraiser was, was rather dramatic this year because something unexpected took place. Now we were doing great, we were keeping the pace with our previous figures. And then suddenly out of the blue, we got a couple of, of really big uh, donations that just put us way over the top. So here's what happened. So last year, UC Santa Cruz raised about $39,000 in its holiday food drive. That's respectable, right? And this year, UC Santa Cruz again raised an initial total of $39,000 with an extra $90. So we had $39,090. That's $90 higher than last year. That's impressive, but Suddenly, then the Klieger family came in and gave a $35,000 gift and then another $20,000 gift on top of that. Wow. So, uh, campus Holiday Food Drive Coordinator Nathan McCall, chair of UC Santa Cruz's uh, Staff Advisory Board and manager of HR Business Information Services, said the gift was really incredible. And by the way, when I'm mentioning the Kliegers, K-L-I-G-E-R. I'm talking about the former campus provost and executive vice chancellor of UC Santa Cruz, David Klieger, who retired in 2010, and his wife, Rachel uh, Klieger. The fundraising total ended up being close to $100,000. Oh my gosh. Yes, I remember EBC Klieger. So $100,000, like how many meals is that? Good question. That works out to be, I'm just calculating this right now. That works out to be 376,099 meals, Gwen. Wow. And that was a quick calculation. <laughs> and but yeah, I have a I have a mealy thing in my head. It's almost <laughs> as impressive as the elephant seals. Yeah. By the way, Nathan McCall said that he would love to see other donors, and that means you, our dear listeners, pick up the torch next year and give in response to the Klieger's gift. It's such a great opportunity for people to realize they can have an oversized impact with their gifts, uh, McCall set. Yeah, gosh, no doubt. Um, but I have, I have one more question. Um, how does that $100,000 stretch out to nearly 400,000 meals? I mean, that seems like a lot of food for that amount of money. Like I'll go to, you know, Whole Foods and end up <laughs> spending 50 bucks for like, you know, half a bag of freaking groceries there. They must have yeah. some secret that lets them stretch out that money. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they get it all from the grocery outlet. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no. Second Harvest Food Bank is, I'm just kidding, is known for its efficiency and its ability to stretch every dollar it receives. That's the cool thing about it. Mm. Because Second Harvest has built strong and longstanding relationships with food producers, it can buy produce for literally pennies on the dollar. And that helps the organization feed a family of four for $1. It's just yeah. incredible. And a donation of, of $1,100 feeds a family of four for an entire year. Yeah. And this is really important because of the need. So since the pandemic started, the food bank has had to double its food distribution. So this is a really big win for the, uh, for the community, Gwen. It's really, it's really something. And I think when people are giving, I mean, it's really good to know how much impact your dollar has because of the number of meals that you can buy. Now, speaking of wins, speaking of wins, the updating and rehabilitation of UC Santa Cruz's venerable Kresge College is making great headway. 
I'm sure you all are familiar with Kresge. It's one of the, it's a, it's an early college from UCSC. And yeah. it's, it's just known for its artistic sensibility and it's really unusual look. It's got a very striking, cool look. So not only is it being rehabilitated, but there have been some recent tweaks to the project that have increased the number of student beds. In fact, that number is nearly double what it was originally, which is really good news. Yeah, yeah. Housing is a huge issue on campus, for sure. Uh, rental prices are also just so high in Santa Cruz. It's it's just so tough. Um, so how were they able to increase the number of beds? So they increased the capacity of existing apartments within full construction, but they're also adding new residential halls that include 400 beds for incoming students. And there's been a lot of great administrative support along the way. Now, UC Santa Cruz's Director of Physical and Environmental Planning, Jolie Kearns, praised Chancellor Cynthia Larif for uh, making student housing a strong priority in the Kresge project. Uh, Chancellor Larif praised the architects and project planners for finding ways to increase student housing, noting the critical need. Uh, we already house more than half of our students, more than any UC campus, uh, the chancellor said, but more housing is needed. The high rental prices and low availability of off-campus apartments make finding housing challenging for our students. It is great that our project planners have found ways to increase the number of spaces for students without expanding the footprint of the original project. Yeah. Um, okay, Dan, I have one more question. When is all this, the entire Kreisky renewal project going to be finished? I mean, a lot of inquiring minds want to know. You're right. A lot of people do. I mean, lots of Kresge students have been living with the construction you know, impacts. And, mm -hmm. and also, frankly, there's a lot of excitement around this project. Uh, and the project, the whole everything, the whole thing in its entirety, including the second phase of construction, that's the south side end of Kresge, will be finished in 2025, which will be here faster than we think. And a new 35,000 uh, square foot academic center and plaza, that will be finished earlier. That'll be uh, online uh, at the end of January, 2023. So yeah, it's very okay. exciting. Um, more good news, Deep Read is back. Now the Humanities Institute at UC Santa Cruz is very excited to announce the return of the Deep Read, the annual program that invites students, faculty, and other curious minds throughout the world, actually, to join in a lively discussion about a recent book. For 2022, we'll read Transcendent Kingdom, the highly acclaimed novel from the Brooklyn-based author Yag Yasi. And the book follows Gifty, a daughter of Ghanaian immigrants and neuroscience PhD at Stanford, as she navigates the complexities of being a first-gen scientist of color. Now, using the, methodology, using the methodology of a scientist, Gifty seeks to understand the roots of the drug addiction that killed her brother and her mother's depression, even as she wrestles with how her religious upbringing can coexist with her secular scientific training. It's a novel of ideas, in other words. It's a very oh, Wow, yeah, that sounds fascinating. Um, I have a pressing question for you. What exactly is a deep read? Um, I mean, what, what does it mean to do a deep reading of a book? When you're trying to stop me, but, <laughs> no, but, I've, got, but I've got a quick recovery. I have an answer oh, for yeah. you because I, okay. I think about these things. I do. The yeah. deep read really is just like what the name says. It's an immersive read. It's when you're, it's slow reading, it's engaged, nuanced explorations of books. And the great thing about the UCSE deep read program is that the learning is based on community. A lot of people get to chime in, discuss the book, and then we hear from the author. Mm 
Now, the 2022 Deep Breed series officially gets underway in uh, mid-April with a host of online and in-person discussions of Transcendent Kingdom. That will include regular weekly emails that will unpack different aspects of the book with the guidance of UC Santa Cruz professors, online forums, and a salon where participating professors will lead in-depth discussions. Well, that sounds really cool. Um, is the author going to participate in the festivities? And is she going to beam in on Zoom or will she be there in person? You know, that's a great question because actually last year, Tommy Orange, another wonderful mm -hmm. writer who wrote There, There, yeah. he did have to Zoom in um, because of, of uh, COVID protocols. But mm -hmm. this year, uh, the author, Yagi Asi, is set to be here in person. I'm so excited. Oh. There will be an event on May 15th, 2022, you know, this year at the Quarry Amphitheater at UC Santa Cruz, where deep readers will be able to experience a live discussion on Transcendent Kingdom with Giasi herself. Oh, great. So that's, that is... That is pretty cool. And that is another, I mean, I liked what you said about the alumni weekend being kind of a step week, week rather, being a step towards normalcy with a hybrid formation. And here you're gonna have some wonderful online events, but you know, she's gonna be here. Ah. About the book in front of a nice, big, enthusiastic crowd, I'm sure. Right, so that'll, so that'll be a great way to uh, get the spring really rolling along. Definitely, oh, very cool. All right. Uh, well, that's it for now, dear listeners. Always good to have you with us. Yeah. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned, slugs, and we'll catch you up with all the latest UCSC news next time. See you all soon. All right. See you soon.